This episode of The Dave Chang Show is brought to you by 3M. You may know 3M for scotch tape and post-it notes, but their technology helps improve people's lives in many ways. 3M has accelerated their global production of N95 respirators to support those on the front lines of the pandemic, and they expect to produce 2 billion respirators globally by year-end. Learn how 3M is helping the world respond to COVID-19 at 3M.com slash COVID. Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. We have a new concept for this podcast, probably, I don't know, the 15th one we've done since quarantine, COVID, (laughs) Black Lives Matter, and the end of the world uh, began. (laughs) I don't even quite understand what it is, but this is the biggest uh, ensemble of this podcast we've ever had. So there, there's a lot of eyes on this right now. Uh, Chris Ying, we want to explain what the hell's going on. Cause I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see the, the wheels might come off this one real quick, but uh, yeah, we we've been experimenting as always in this fever dream. That is reality right now. Um, but one thing I wanted to try to do Chang is because, you know, we've talked a little bit about giving you more of a space to share what's on your mind in, in kind of quick bite succession. So in, in the spirit of that, I've come up with a little bit of a game to play with you. And Chang does not actually, has not really been formally introduced to these rules. He says he's game to try whatever. So we're, we're going to try this out. What I'm going to do, Chang, is we're going to give you two minutes. I'm going to give you a rapid fire succession of topics. Isaac Lee is going to play referee and fact checker throughout. Mm-hmm. So if, if in your answer, he smells some uh, extreme form of bullshit, he's going to call you out. Uh, yeah. He's going to ding when your time is up. And uh, we'll see if that'll stop you from talking. And we're going to give you two passes on questions. You get one pass if you just don't feel like talking about it, and you get another pass because, Chris, you're an idiot. That question sucks. I'm going to be a really corrupt referee, too, by the way. I'm going to be like Scott Foster. You know? I mean, Isaac, why do you think that's a stretch for you? <laughs> I mean, you're the, you're the best kind of corrupt person, someone that's oh not supposed God. to be corrupt. Wow. I see how this dynamic is going to yeah, go. Yeah, this yeah, podcast. yeah. All, All right. on the oh. up and up here. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so you... you <laughs> You feel as ready as you're going to be, Chang? You want can can dive I add one thing? more thing? Can I, uh, if I have one question that I can say, uh, someone else answer it? <laughs> Fair enough. You get okay. okay. Fine. Okay. Now you have three passes. Yeah. But we're going to keep track of those passes. What are my passes again? One is I just don't want to answer that. Okay. One is Chris, this question sucks, and the third one is somebody else answer it for me. This is like the worst version of Madonna's Truth or Dare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like truth or sort of truth or I don't know. Or dare. There's just like no reward for the listener whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the description. It's the worst yes. version of Madonna's truth yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Isaac, can you put two minutes on the clock here? I will. Uh, we're going to start off with a softball here, Chang. Best thing you ate this week, whether you cooked it or bought it from the world? Uh, I had a friend come by. We ate dinner, uh, lunch outdoors in our not backyard patio thing. And I got Alana's Greek and Armenian food delivered again. And uh, not a surprise. It was a, a huge crowd pleaser. And again, shameless self plug doused in the Momofuku chili crunch, the right, the Alana's rice, which if you're going to eat 
kebabs, I think, is the the true standout. Is the rice that absorbs all the the grease and the and the meat drippings. Um, you mix that in with the chili crunch, outrageous. They have the the like the 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 the, the kofte and uh, the chicken thighs, and again the non sodium alginate uh, potato puree fries. <laughs> Were your were your guests uh, familiar with Elena's? No, but one of one of my guests is Armenian, and they have not had that food in uh, since quarantine began. So they were they were genuinely moved in how delicious it was. Damn. Yeah. Okay. How are we doing on time there, Isaac? Oh, we got forty five seconds left. Oh. <laughs> I will, I'll also say today I I have made budejige um, for lunch. It's Sunday afternoon. Budejige, oh, and uh, I make it in honor of Khufu, a Korean deli that had really good takeaway Korean food in Chelsea, and I make it very very similar to their budejige, and uh, it was delicious. But I added egg. Usually, you don't see egg in budejige. And you use instant ramen? What's your noodle choice in Budajige? I did a, a, a melange of uh, instant ramen noodles. Damn. Did you have cheese in there? That, no. I, I mean, no, absolutely not. Like, that's the one, that's where I stopped. That, it took me a long time to get cheese at uh, Sanandang just to understand it. Mm. That's the part of the mutant hybrid of Korean-American food I just don't appreciate. Well, that yeah. brings us to the next topic, actually, that I had already on our list here. Cheese in Asian food. Chang, uh, does it work? What is your general opinion? Should cheese be more prevalent in Asian cuisines? I have this theory that uh, Yunnan province were the first to introduce cheese into the into like a organized collective gastronomic philosophy. I have no data okay. to back that up. <laughs> Wait, but what is the theory exactly? Give me something else on that. There's a dish where they're seared like goat cheese with chilies and tomatoes and soy oh. sauce. It's one of my favorite dishes that you can have. And I don't know. I just threw that out there as sort of like a Fox News false type of thing. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm basically going to be an advocate that uh, Chinese actually introduce cheese into their cuisine first and foremost. So that being said, uh, cheese for the most part in Asian food doesn't really work too well for me at all. It just doesn't. I mean, and I'd also argue just dairy in general is one of the reasons why Asian food as a whole, as a monoculture, if you were, doesn't win like the world over because we fucked up desserts without dairy. <laughs> yeah, okay, but where? So some favorites are of the Asian cheese varieties are the the corn cheese and Korean. Yeah, but restaurants. I mean, they're all the they're, they're all the mutant hybrids, right? And and like Japan actually makes amazing cheese right now as well but as a whole it's not part of the food culture right but does it not work do you do you dislike it when you see it when you have cheese on top of you serve it at major domo you have a there's the sun done inspired yeah inspired cheese that's on. like that's the extent of it and it's not really that dish is actually swiss right if you because really look raclette. at it it's raclette <laughs> all right i mean I, I'm not. I'm not sure we got a straight answer. So should we see more or less cheese on cheese and Asian food? More or less? That's just me. Like again, like I, I I've started a shitstorm because I hate cottage cheese, and <laughs> I I just don't think cheese and Asian food work that well. You know, it just doesn't. You're not going to put like rosemary and sushi. There's things that just don't work that well. I'm not to say they can't. If I'm going to eat cheese, it's got to be like introduced, like uh, you, you see in uh, Yunnan food. Okay, okay, okay. Yin gave you like five chances to hedge hedge your take there, but you, <laughs> no. you stick by it. Let's move on to the next one. All right. Uh, 
Who makes better meatballs, Asians or Europeans? I'm going to go, not even Europeans. It's just simply, uh, actually, not even Europeans. Italian-Americans. The best meatball is the pole Italian-American. No. Better it, than a lion's head. That's better than a scune. Better than anything. Uh, scune, that's tough. That's tough. I, I still would say, um, that's tough. Lion's head isn't really a meatball to me. That's like a noodle soup jam. It's a giant ball of meat. Yeah, but it's like also not, I've never been, I, while I like it, it's not like, oh, I have to have a lion's head. Mm, okay, but the scune. Right? I don't crave it. Sukune, like a good chicken meatball, that's up there. But I would still say something that tastes, I mean, Sukune is more like a sublime feeling. And I don't know if it's really going to win everybody over. I think uh, if you have a great Italian-American meatball, that is a crowd pleaser the world over. I really believe that. And it's not the Europeans. No, they, they, they just made like meat shapes. It's the Italian-Americans that brought the meatball over and really perfected it. Uh, and with all due respect to Vietnamese cuisine, which which everybody knows different you and kind I of love balls, dearly, different kind of balls. But those but those squeaky beef balls, I'm not yeah, down. No, I can't no, no. do I, it. I, listen, I I'm more I'm more amazed at how those balls are made, right? <laughs> I mean, it's truly unbelievable. It's like you they take all the sinew out and they chop the shit out of it, so there's like no structural component whatsoever. <laughs> and somehow when it's cooked, it it's it's a little bit like chewing rubber. I like it in pho, and in certain provinces in China have that same thing. I, I'm not talking shit about it. It's just an acquired meatball taste. It's not uh, soft. That's right. It's a different texture than most Americans are used to. It's it's that. No, it's the texture the white people be like, what the fuck is this texture? <laughs> all right. All right. So that was it. The, the tomato sauce meatball was Chang's favorite. That was a surprise to me. Um, Why? Do you, hate, a, do you hate Italian-Americans, Chris? I'm not taking that kind of a bait. I love the, I love a meatball more than anything. I've never, you know what, Chang? Here's the thing. I've actually never seen a meatball sub on a menu and not ordered it. Never in my entire life. I think that's one of the most underrated things you can order from a pizza shop in general. The oh, meatball parm sub. Woo! <laughs> and also, mind you, the, one of the greatest moments in cinematic history is back to school, Rodney Dangerfield hollowing out the bread at the dinner party at the beginning of the movie. And making a meatball sub. Do you remember that scene? Do you I don't know what I'm talking about? I, I, I don't remember it, man. Now I got to see does, it. Does anybody, anybody here? No. Of course Doc does. I know Doc's, Doc's <laughs> shaking his head. Because he's a proper, well-educated <laughs> renaissance man. Uh, yeah, we've got a few. Uh, we've triple Lindy? Do you even know what the Triple Lindy is, Chris? You? Well, I don't know what a Triple Lindy is. Oh, my God. I've been caught out. I've been caught out. This what is the, the worst. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you have to watch Back to School. I'm going to great, tonight. Great movies of all time. That's a bad movie club. Yeah, this review. is bleeding into a bad movie club. Let's move right, on to do the next movie. question. Okay. Uh, the next question. Here's a random one, Chang. I haven't heard anything about Sevi lately. How's your How's your dog, and how's the dog enjoying or, or surviving quarantine life with you and the family? Sevi's great. He is getting a little bit older. He's like seven years old. He doesn't really care about me too much right now, mainly because it's true. All my attention goes to Hugo. <laughs> And uh, now that my in-law, my father-in-law, uh, lives with us, Sevi's like, that's his new master. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no yeah. loyalty, man. No, no loyalty. Because here's the thing. I want to take Sevi out. But like, he needs to go out for walks. Uh, he likes to go out for walks. He loves to take Sevi out every time. So I don't even get to walk Sevi anymore, except like for the random chance. And... Um, 
he also feeds Sevi. <laughs> I don't even get a chance to do that. These are certain things in the house that I don't get to do because he's now retired, so he doesn't get to work anymore. I don't get to do the dishes or dry the dishes. I don't get to feed Sevi or walk Sevi, and I don't get to fix anything. Not that I'm good at it to begin with. Those are all... He's the master of that domain. And Sevi, <laughs> Sevi sleeps next to me on the dog bed right now, but he just looks at me with disdain. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a 20-second micro dad's uh, pod here. Like, when you look at him, and you, like you said, you've got to give more attention to Hugo now. Are you overcome with that guilt of like, man, I'm sorry, Sevi. Used yeah, to be you no, and me, I'm buddy. Not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I guess, like, listen, I, I gave him a ton of affection for six fucking years. I love him. Listen, I also spent, I don't know, eight or nine hours, maybe longer, taking him to the vet a couple weeks ago. He had... A very uh, not nice thing happened mm, on his rear yeah. end. Same. Some kind of, um, I don't even know. Uh, uh, let's just say it. An anal gland got infected and it like boiled it had to be expressed. out. Expressed. He had expressed and, his anal uh, gland. it popped. And it was the most <laughs> insane thing I've ever seen. Jesus. I mean, come on. I, I, I literally thought it was a, a Ridley Scott movie going on. And poor Sevy. <laughs> poor guy. I had to take him to the vet. Vets are very busy, by the way. Very, no very busy. And he had to have a little bit of minor surgery. And I've been taking care of him. Of course, I right, love well, Sevi. Get the well, guy. Sevi. We, Sevi's we love, the best. He's our first child. We love Sevi. We love Sevi. Um, <laughs> I feel like the first pass we might said come anal right gland. <laughs> if nothing else, this podcast is a success because we managed to say anal gland. Uh, did you know you're supposed to clean it out every month? I did not know that. My dog, Huck, is probably looking at me to be like, are you going to clean my anal gland or what? Here's the, here's the thing. I've looked at Sevi, and we've had this conversation since he's been back from the vet. He also doesn't want me to clean his anal gland. <laughs> Isaac, feel free to ring that fucking bell at any time, I'm, dude. I'm going to ring this several time times. <laughs> what the hell, man? All right, here's, uh, here's where I think the first pass will come, and maybe Chang will surprise me. Uh, right now, it is we are, we are both at the start of pumpkin spice latte season, and fresh hop season in the craft beer community. Which of these two seasons do you care less about uh, and why? I care less about the fancy beer community. Yeah. The reason why I like pumpkin spice latte, even though I've never tried one, is that it shows the folly of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reminder of just how replaceable we are as a species that we have put... <laughs> Such a, a, a an importance on a gourd coffee. <laughs> it's an anthropology lesson for you. It's a sociological experiment. It might be one of those things that's broadcast to the universe right now, where an alien might be like, "Check, check, check. Oh, uh, should we give these guys uh, light speed warp drive technology? You know, they've done these things well. They drink gourd, sweet gourd coffee. Uh, we got to pass this fucking planet. <laughs> these guys are really fucked up." And for All that right. reason, you're more interested in it. Just the sheer fact of the existence yeah. of this ridiculous thing. Just, I'm serious. Like it's something like that that is so fucking ridiculous that you almost have to celebrate its stupidity. Because, I mean, come on. I think it's like that's the existence of something like that is the one thing that keeps us from fully acknowledging that we're living in a simulation. Because no, why would something a, yeah, that ridiculous? Exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing like the McRib. Right? Yeah. Like I put the sweet gourd coffee because I will never call it by the former name. Sweet gourd coffee, uh, <laughs> spice, sweet spice gourd coffee. It's the same thing as a McRib. You guys know what the fuck I'm talking about because I don't think they do it anymore in schools. But remember, growing up, 
those fucking like Thursday sandwiches where they're like they they just like made a a rib like a hamburger rib with like two like lumps. Yeah, of course. To look, you know what I mean? Yeah, Slathered yeah, yeah. in bad ketchup barbecue sauce. People want to eat that shit at McDonald's. Yeah, my parents actually text me whenever it's McRib season to tell me that it's McRib time. <laughs> uh, no. So the, the the pumpkin spice latte, the oh, I'm sorry, the gourd coffee is Chang's totem. If he's in Inception, it's how he knows he's still in reality. That's the takeaway there. It's a joke uh, on humanity. Look, <laughs> uh, are you playing fantasy football this season? If yes, how's your squad doing? If no, why was this year finally the year that broke the camel's back? Okay, so I, for years I was in this really big money league. I decided not to join because one of the members is a horrible person. And I hate that motherfucker so much. I will never, ever. And it's caused a rift in my friendship with others, right? Mm -hmm. um, and also, I got tired of uh, winning the most games every year and scoring the most points uh -huh. and then losing <laughs> uh -huh. in the finals. Can somebody fact check much. this? Can somebody fact check this? I, Chris, you know what? To be honest with you, I can fact check this. I was in Chang's league last year. Oh, my God. He absolutely crushed the regular season. After I started the season 6-0, just to throw that out there. And, man, it was a Clippers-style collapse. I got Chris to co-manage a team for a, a Mike Novogratz, the billionaire. Uh, <laughs> that should tell you the kind of league it was in. And uh, I just can't, number one, afford it. Number two, it hurts me too much. So I've joined Bill Simmons' league. Uh, mm. I think he's in a couple, but it is not looking good. And... <laughs> There are a lot of Bill's friends in this, and it's embarrassing. I'm going to go 0-3. The past three weeks, my bench has outscored my starting lineup. Oh. <laughs> See, that, that is user error, man. You can't put that one. That's, that's, but I'll, I'll, that's, I'll be honest, too. Like, I'm not... If you want to be great at fantasy, that's a full-time fucking job. I'm just too busy. I have stopped reading anything and everything. You know? Isaac, Isaac Lee, how's your squad? Uh, I, don't, I don't play fantasy football. I used to play fantasy basketball because I'm a loser. But um, at least you said it. Do you blame it, on, <laughs> Dave? Do you blame it your declining skill on having Hugo, and you can be like, I have a son now. I can't. I can't focus on fantasy all Ooh, the time. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I just. I, I just. I spend a lot of time on fantasy. I gave you an out. Properly. I gave you an out, and you refused to take it. <laughs> no, no, because no. I, I don't lie like you, Isaac. I'm a very truthful person. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. The, the deceit being painted on me. All right, next question. All right, let's move on. Let's keep. Let's stay on sports. NBA playoffs. What is your favorite storyline of these playoffs? And what are your predictions for the, what's left here today? We have got one more game, or possibly two. I mean, it's it's very clear. It's the Miami Heat. Yeah, and why? And, and I just love them so much. I love them. I just is think this the, the year you, you became a Heat fan? Is it? No, is I've it just always this? admired Pat Riley ever since he was with the Knicks. I also loved how they fucking were able to offload a bunch of shitty contracts and nobody thought. And the only player I didn't really love was Jimmy Butler because he's been such a sort of diva. But the fact that he's making coffee and their team, <laughs> I just love it. It's the underdog story. It really is. And the question I have is, if you had to choose a NBA basketball team to represent you're sort of like, is your avatar, your spiritual fucking element, who would that team be? Who are right? you asking? The team that best represents all of you guys. What would your team be? Not your team, because I know you're a Clippers fan, Isaac. So maybe it is apropos that you are the Clippers. Very passive aggressive. And, <laughs> and, Jesus. And falters during the big moments. Oh, my God. This is but slanderous. Maybe it's not. Who is the team that is like your avatar, that represents you as a, as a person, as a spirit? I've always been a fan of the Spurs kind of 
ethos of just doing it the right way, of just grinding it out, of adapting and not and being malleable and not being like married to one kind of system, but like matching your system to your personnel. I have always found that to be really smart and humble. And that's something that like humility is something that I value and I and I am striving towards, even though my ego is is so large. I'm trying to shrink it down to the way that the Spurs run things. I'm trying to find a way to be inspired by that answer. Uh, Chris, Chris, uh, mine, mine is the, the New York Knicks. Um, all the, all the, all the advantages in the world, all the reasons in the world to be successful. Oh my God. And yet I just can't live up to expectations. (laughs) Is it, is this the self-flagellation podcast? We're all just like dunking on ourselves. That's the culture, man. Heat culture is the fucking best. Heat culture, yeah. Heat the, culture. Yeah. I mean, that's who I would aspire to. This modern Heat team is who we who we want to be, and who, frankly, like our uh, in our in our, our our own business meeting. Shout out LeBron James, too. nine fucking finals in ten years. Jesus, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. Uh, wait, sorry guys, I lost it. Um, Classic Chris Young doing the New York Knickerbockers impression, <laughs> just being being a Nick. <laughs> uh, Let's get in, back into the dining world a little bit here, Chang. Um, your thoughts on de Blasio extending and expanding outdoor dining in New York City? It's obviously not a decision he made. Someone else that's smarter than him made that decision because <laughs> de Blasio is the dumbest fucking mayor we've ever had. And I, I legitimately hate him so much. I hate him so much. Um, I hate him. I, I actually wish he was still running from president. That would be fair. <laughs> but... As far as the policy itself. Yeah, no, of course. It's like a no-brainer. It's just now it's a scramble if you can get all the equipment and make it right. So, again, it's a lack of true, long-sighted understanding. It's going to be the have and have-nots. Who has access to the gear and the heat space heaters and all that shit? And who doesn't? Who has access to this outdoor space that can do it? It's, it is, again, a, uh, a Band-Aid. And it's while it's a good decision, obviously, it's incredibly short-sighted and stupid, too, because the city needs to do way more to help struggling restaurants that don't have access or the ability to buy these kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, is it something, is it, for, for, for a relative outsider, is it something that's like a policy that's just for show? Or do you think restaurants in New York, are you guys, is it, have any sort of immediate impact that's beneficial to you? Well, let's, let's, it's, it's difficult right now. I mean, outdoor dining is difficult for a lot of people, but the hardest thing to answer isn't even like de Blasio and COVID right now. It's these things ultimately are hard to be serious about when protests are happening, you know, and um, people still need to have jobs. These are moral dilemmas that I know a lot of my friends have is, is how do you do dining when there are more pressing issues at hand? you know, for us as a culture, as a nation. So, um, it's tough. Yeah. Um, you were just in Vegas. Uh, you drove out there the other day for work. Can you tell us about what pandemic Vegas looks like? Speaking of sort of, you know, crazy cities and, and what, what you were up to and what you maybe. Yeah. Ate. I had to go there for work and, uh, I, I don't understand why people aren't wearing masks. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see a lot of maskless folk? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It is fucking insane. Um, Especially on the strip, just people like looking at the Bellagio fountains, congregating with other people. And I'm like, this is, this is not good. But at the same time, I think the casinos are taking it very seriously and you're getting checked wherever you go. But, you know, I, it's tough. 
But I, outdoors is where I saw it was the problem, even though they're outdoors. But um, that really wasn't scared me, is the drive. I've always thought it was easy, man. Driving back, I drove mm. back at like 2 in the morning. There were all these trucks, man, yep. <laughs> on the yep. two-lane highway. And I was like, this is not, that's not fun. Because, you know, they do the kind of drive where they like the back of the truck sort of like goes into your lane a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. kind of skids over a little bit. Yeah. But as a whole, you know, Vegas is is good. And and I think we need to support all facets of the hospitality industry and everyone off the strip and on the strip need your support. And people are still going there. I mean, Vegas wasn't crazy busy. It was a lot emptier. Everyone's wearing masks. You can't enter. Obviously, they have areas where you are, you, if you're eating, drinking, or smoking, you don't have to. But um, I was shocked. I was shocked at how, like, entering how orderly everything was and all of that. So the casinos, I think, are doing a good job. It's Did just, you manage to eat or do anything fun while you were there? Did you have time to sneak in a little Vegas life? Uh, I just ate food. I tasted all the tasty creations that Major Dome Meat and Fish uh, is working on. Oh, um, yeah, it was really great to see that restaurant. I mean, just to see plated food. I, it was cool. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah. I'm very jealous. Um, oh, yeah. Moon Palace. I had a fucking Moon Palace burger. That was the best. That's what I'm fucking jealous of, man. It's moon so Palace. good. Hot chips, Moon Palace. And I, yeah, that was really good. Uh, let me throw in a bonus. This doesn't have to be kind of against our time, but have a, <laughs> we talked about it during the, the the Major Domo Vegas pre-opening diaries, but the chips at Moon Palace are, are very unique. They are, uh, how do you describe them, Chang? They're like both. They're purposely crunchy and yeah. soggy at the same time. Yeah, they're not going to be perfect. They're not like potato chips like you would get in a bag. They're irregular, and that's what makes them like so nice. You're going to have pockets of crispy ones, and you're going to have some that are sort of like clumped together. Um, it's like eating, you know what it's like? Sometimes it's a little bit like if you crushed up a bunch of potato chips onto like a bunch of roasted potatoes and ate them. Like, it's like this mix of texture. I thought it was it's awesome. It's great. So, I mean, listen, have people, been, cool? have so people been into it? Have people, because you, one of the things you were looking interested in was like, are people going to think this is a, a fuck up or not? No. I mean, t- truth be told, like, we were only open like a month yeah. uh, before COVID hit. So, in some ways, we're trying to reopen all of those restaurants at the, at the, at the Palazzo, the Venetian. So, it's slow going, but we're getting there. And I, I, I think people are enjoying it. Um, what is the best song or soundtrack you've ever heard or played in a restaurant? Best so- soundtrack? Best songs or like best playlist. Best music you've ever heard in a restaurant or played yourself? That's a, that's a tough one. I never like, I'll tell you what I didn't play. I don't like playing music that people know too much. You've talked about this. Explain this to me. Explain to the audience. So it's either you like, you need to give like a very popular song like Time. So it is like uncool. If you play something that is like current top 40 hit, the reason why it's not that I'm trying to besmirch these, these musicians and these songs, no, that's not the case. It's that you don't want to have a whole dining room like singing to the song or like enjoying it. <laughs> Tell people your, your nightmare scenario, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, like, like a tiny dancer. In, in Almost Famous when the whole yeah, bus just yeah. starts singing along. Yeah. No, like, no, no, that's not happening. So I, I like playing music that has a rhythm, has some kind of semblance of music that almost could be white nose to most people. But um, I don't like playing really popular music unless it's like older. Yeah. Like that from the 70s, said, 80s. Right before the pandemic and everything, some of the new restaurants that you were opening, whether it's South Street Seaport or in Vegas, 
yeah, we were intentionally playing mall rock, but also a little uh, karaoke bars were a oh yeah, uh, we had karaoke yeah, rooms. Yeah, 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 we have karaoke. Yeah, so like you know, we we wanted people to feel like they were in the suburbs. Yeah, and we played that kind of music, and like yeah. people love that. Third Eye Blind people fucking love Third Eye Blind. <laughs> people love Oasis. I'll be honest. Oasis is the one fucking band that I have seen over the years that regardless of your skin color, people are like, that's a fucking good band. I'm like, oh, that was crazy. That is, that's fucking crazy. It's true, man. Don't look back in anger. Uh, staying in the restaurant lane, can you tell me about the gnarliest kitchen injury you have witnessed in person? Mm, that's easy. My Garmanger partner, chopped off his finger on a bandsaw oh. cutting a wheel of parmesan oh my Ugh. god and he was told he was told by marco <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing you keep on doing it that way because he was trying to like cut a corner because if you use the bandsaw i, I mean it, it's scary like you, you put the, you know you, a giant wheel of parmesan is huge right and you you're trying to break it in the corner and instead of like just doing nice slices it can take time because you're trying to like obviously work with the bandsaw. He made a turn oh, to like cut out a wedge and it wobbled. You, the, you know, you hear the fucking bandsaw. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, and fuck. Marco's like, hey, you blank blank. If you keep on doing it, you're going to chop your fucking finger off. You're going to cut your finger off. And then and then he's like, like obviously hears him, but he's like, like as a young kid, you're like, I can fucking do it. And does it again. Next thing you know, I turn around. His face is white. Oh you, my same God. sign, and uh, I, 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 uh, I mean, how many knuckles are we talking about here? What, no, it came off. It was a middle finger. It stopped. It, it, he never cooked again. Uh, they put his finger back on. They attached it, but he couldn't. He couldn't like lower it, so he couldn't hold a knife or spoon. Oof. You know who had to pick up the finger and put it on ice? Me with one oh. David Chang. Holy oh. hell! God. Holy hell. Okay, well, that was... I I, I both uh, appreciate that answer and regret asking that question. Yeah, I'm going to ring the bell prematurely because let's move, <laughs> let's move on. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace has everything you need to create a modern website using beautiful templates created by world-class designers to turn your cool idea into a new website, showcase your work, or promote your business. Present your ideas using Squarespace's professional portfolio designs displaying projects in customizable galleries. Squarespace also allows you to quickly understand your audience with website analytics, including page views, traffic sources, time on site, most read content, audience geography, and more. Get feedback on what's working and how to improve. Go to squarespace.com slash Dave Chang for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Dave Chang, one word, to save 10% off your first purchase of a Squarespace website or domain. Today's show is also brought to you by 3M. You probably know 3M for scotch tape and post-it notes. But did you know that 3M is also a leading provider of personal protective equipment and medical solutions for healthcare workers and first responders? Since the outbreak, 3M has accelerated production of N95 respirators, disinfectants, and hand sanitizer, helping to support the critical needs of those on the front lines of COVID-19. 3M's plants are operating 24-7, and they expect to produce 2 billion respirators globally by year-end. 
3M is also supporting communities around the world with cash and product donations through humanitarian aid partners, including a $10 million donation to Direct Relief's COVID-19 fund for community health, providing community health centers with direct financial aid to support healthcare workers. 3M science applied to life. Learn how 3M is helping the world respond to COVID-19 at 3M.com slash COVID. On the other side of the cooking spectrum, across all various forms of Iron Chef, who do you think was the most impressive Iron Chef of all time and, and why? Who did you like watching? If you, I remember when I lived in Japan and I got like one station, I saw Pierre Garnier, who I didn't know who he was at the time, battle Chef uh, Kenichi or Chef's, the Japanese guy. Uh, I think he battled both of them. Uh-huh. Chef Kenichi and the other dude. Chen Kenichi was the Chinese, Chinese guy who was guy. amazing. Who, so good. Yeah. Uh, that battle, that battle was, was very, very good. And, and the, old, the original Japanese series was tremendous. That, to me, was the best one. It, if you haven't seen the original Japanese series, uh, check it out because that was really unbelievable cooking. I, I, I can't believe that Pierre Gagnier actually play himself on an episode of Iron Chef. So I'm trying to find. Let me find it. Time's still ticking, France y'all. Battle. Still got forty-ish seconds left. Iron Chef Sakai. Yeah, I think. Well, he, did he represented France in the 1995 Iron Chef World Cup. That's like God, 1995. Fuck. That's so, so long, long ago. ago. Holy shit! He was on so it twice. Battle lobster and battle tuna. Uh, he won one. Uh, wow, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, I want to watch that. It is crazy that Pierre Gagnier was on that show. I mean, literally, if you think about it, and as we make shows for Hulu, that's what I want. I mean, legitimately really talented people playing these games. I hear what you're saying too, Chang, because like at the time, I think when 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 Iron Chef hit American Shores, like nobody knew who Pierre Gagnier was here, really. I mean, outside of like kitchens, but like Yeah, people if, still don't know who the fuck he is. I know, but know? If, if if today you had yeah, I, I mean anyway. Our time is up. Pierre Gagnier is like, you know, like Mike, Mike Trout. No one's going to know who the fuck he is. <laughs> wow. Oh, fuck. Poor it's Mike Trout. Great comp. Poor, poor Mike Trout. Uh, let's see. Let's, we got some food questions here. Uh, the other day, you have posted a recipe on your Instagram that I, we've talked about a little bit uh, in person and, and on your social media, but Grandpa Wu's favorite pork belly. Can you talk about what that dish is, how it's made, and um, what that's all about? Yeah. I mean, weirdly, my grandfather cooked quite a bit for himself. Uh, because no one else made Japanese food. This was one of the dishes he grew up eating. He effectively was a Japanese person, but he was Korean because he came from a well-to-do family. He was fabulously wealthy, and he went to Waseda University in Japan, and he spent many, many years there. And one of the things, many of the things that I ate as a kid were all Japanese. And his favorite dish was... uh, braised pork belly. And he told me he learned it in, uh, like it was a famous dish in Nagasaki, which is a port city. So it might make sense because I think the origins of it are obviously Chinese, but effectively it's sliced pork belly or it could be chunks. It's very similar to the the Shanghainese pork belly that's uh, cooked in a lot of sugar um, Mm -hmm. and delicious. This one is just rock sugar, uh, lots and lots and lots of ginger and soy sauce. And that's no liquid. It. No liquid. And he would actually spend time to like layer it out in a perfect sort of like flour 
in the pot. And again, the, the, the joke really was my mom would always serve it and tell us kids no fat. <laughs> because no, there's no added fat. Yeah, once you lift, though. once you cook it, you cook it on the stovetop, not the oven, and like a slow braise. And once you let, there was no liquid before, and now it's <laughs> submerged in liquid. <laughs> yeah, something. And, 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 something and I would there. always be like, well, this tastes good, but I know this is not good for you. <laughs> no fat uh, in my ass. <laughs> Look at me, mom. <laughs> No fat, no fat, no fat. Yeah, I've, I've seen that one too. Um, staying on the uh, Chang eating and drinking tip, um, this is really just only interesting or, or, or a question just for me, but you you have mentioned barley tea a few times on this podcast. Mm. You drank some with whiskey. I've noticed you drinking it. What what uh, how, Have you been doing that forever? And and what is? tell me a little bit about the practice of barley tea at your house. Oh, well, that's a great question, Chris. Oh, no. Let me, no. Poricha is what it's called in uh, Korean and I know that people drink barley tea, but if you grow up in a Korean household, um, at least my households, and now with my in-laws, we don't even drink water. Everything is poricha. Hmm. Even Hugo. Hugo doesn't drink water. He <laughs> thinks barley tea, poricha, is called mur, right? Which is water. When he looks at water, he's like, what's that? He literally <laughs> is like, what's that? <laughs> It's not brown. It's not. It's not a brown tea. I, I swear to God, it's crazy because it's like crystal he, Pepsi to him. It's like crystal barley. Yeah, tea. Well, he's like, what? Is, what is that? You know, <laughs> he literally only drinks barley tea and he loves it. So you can get it in a powdered form, or they're really you know roasted and they look like coffee beans, and you just sort of brew it like coffee. And you know, it's a Korean staple. You drink it hot, or we drink it mostly cold. I'm actually drinking a lot of green tea these days. This is hot, hot, hot cha? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I bought a bunch of green tea. I've been trying to go deeper into that. That's one of my great regrets when I was in Japan, especially spending time in Kyoto, that I didn't sort of continue my education in all things green tea and matcha. But uh, Isaac, yeah. do you agree with this poricha? Oh, absolutely. I grew up drinking it all the time. Not my immediate household, but my grandparents, both grandparents on both sides, basically only drink poricha as water. They did not drink clear water. It's you're right, and and uh, Chris, you mentioned crystal crystal barley tea is what they said. Crystal yeah, barley tea. You weren't even you weren't even fucking born. You weren't even born, Isaac. <laughs> crystal <laughs> barley tea sounds awesome. I mean, like you weren't born during crystal Pepsi days. No, but oh, you, right. it's, it's like a clear version of Pepsi. I'm assuming. Go drink a Smirnoff. Like oh this. my god. All right. <laughs> Uh, why do I even bother asking questions anymore? All right, next one. Because then, then, then you're gonna find out because you Google it. He's like, there's this thing called Zima. Oh, I don't no. even know what oh, that no. is. I can't even. Zima's I delicious. Okay. Oh, we're just. I feel. Okay, I agree with that. Um, cold noodle. And by the way, Dave, you haven't used any of your passes, so this is great for us. I'm not afraid. I'm fearless. <laughs> I actually don't know. We've only got the three Asian people on mic here. We've got two white people sort of uh, watching. Well, but we've, so, we've so reversed maybe Hollywood. Maybe they'll <laughs> we've reverse Hollywood. Maybe, this. Oh my god. Maybe they'll maybe they'll shake their shake their heads uh, in disagreement. But I, I feel like the majority of Americans aren't familiar with cold noodles. You're a big cold noodle person. What is what is? Have you been eating them this summer? What is your yep. favorite cold noodle dish to make at home? And 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 talk me through it a little bit here. Um. Favorite cold noodle dish we've probably eaten the most, obviously, is naengmyeon or mulnaengmyeon or bibimguksu, which is naengmyeon noodles, which are the buckwheat noodles. 
that are not soba, but much chewier, like most things Korean versus Japan, the the cooler, more rough and tumble cousin. And yeah, I for sure don't think that cold noodles will ever win over America, specifically white America, unless you get it at your deli, at your supermarket, and it's labeled as a sesame cold noodle. Um, <laughs> or peanut, peanut. Or, or peanut. Um, but cold broths with cold noodles is so good and very, I think, foreign to many people. But it, the weirdest thing is this. Oh, my, <laughs> If you grow up Korean, you almost eat hot noodles in the summertime. Yeah. And cold noodles in the wintertime. Wait, why? Why is that? Isaac, you want to explain? Yeah, you do eat cold stuff in the in the summertime, but a lot of the food you eat during the summer while it's hot it's is, is hot food. Ripping hot. Yeah, like super yeah. hot food. It's like fight fire with fire type it's of like get you mentality. Yeah, get you sweating. You know, just thinking about this logic, the culinary logic with Korea, poricha, and the, a tea that really no one else drinks, and this idea of eating hot food during the hottest months and cold noodles during frigid months might be the reason why we were colonized by Japan and lost oh my God. thousands of years to China. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, if that's the leap Same. you can make. And, and yeah, I just did. And uh, our, our sole military fucking highlight is the goddamn turtle ship. No, no. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. Going back to the, I don't think you eat cold stuff during the cold time, during like winter time. You definitely do eat like piping hot stuff during the summer though. So that's a fact yeah. check. My dad, my dad would eat moon He would eat it summer or winter. Oh, wow. But he would also say uh, they would eat it a lot in the winter growing up mm-hmm. because it was the only thing that was like delicious that they could make. Oh, because it was preserved. Yeah. And, and they didn't have to use like fire. Right. You know, uh, like fuel. Uh, this question comes from Doc in our audience here. Would a uh, hot version of naengmyeon taste terrible? Well, that's called omyeon and it's delicious. <laughs> there you have it. Korean noodles are it doesn't matter what temperature, man. Eat them whatever and whatever temp, they're delicious. But I'd, I'd argue, Isaac, here's another thing with naengmyeon. We should do a whole show on naengmyeon. Sure. It's a North Korean dish. There's different styles of it. I think the naengmyeon in LA is getting too sweet. Oh, interesting. I mean, I yeah. think all Korean food in, in America is sweeter than Korean food in Korea. So that's like the baseline, but Specifically in Los Angeles, you're saying it's getting yeah, sweet here. Specifically in LA, it's getting too sweet. Okay, I, I don't tone that shit down. To be to be frank, <laughs> I don't I don't like naengmyeon and I don't like seek it out. I don't eat it. So like, I this don't is always know. the thing with Isaac is he tries to slip in that last line where he's like, "And I actually hate kimchi." Um, <laughs> well, no, let's I, just move on. I I don't like certain foods in part of Korean cuisine. It's I think I'm allowed to have taste. Damn! 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 <laughs> I, Shots fired over here. I'm That's not fine. like a That's nationalist, fine. like Korean food lover. Like I love Korea, number one kind of guy. Hmm. Huh? Interesting. You've taken self loathing Korean to a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, moving on. Okay, two. We're gonna we're gonna move off the food tip here, just as we as we wrap toward the end. Is Hugo dressing up for Halloween this year? And have you and your family figured out any way that Halloween is not going to be depressing and shitty uh, for the kid? Um, we're not going to celebrate Halloween because every day is the same day. <laughs> you think I'm going to go out? Fit. You think I'm going to go out and get him a costume? Or just, just make because... one? I thought maybe you would make one. <laughs> no. All right. Should I? Are you going to do it with your kids? Yeah, I mean, the problem is like my daughter has been talking about 
dressing up for a solid year and like looking forward to Halloween. And I, I've just put off the fucking. I'm pretty depressed about it, to be honest with you. Like she's she really loves that day, as like do most kids once they start trick or treating and stuff. And um, well, from a Christian point of view, that's why I'm doing it because it's a Satan. It's Satan's day. <laughs> And anything that celebrates, I, guess I can explain that to her. Beelzebub is 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 not a day that I'm going to celebrate. Okay, Christians, I'm with you here. All right, with your Amy Barnett bullshit, I'm with you, Chris. All you got to do is convert to like hardcore fundamental Christianity between now and October 31st. Remember, I mean, growing up in the church, it was like you cannot, kids, you cannot celebrate Halloween. There's a devil's holiday. I was like. Uh-huh. With candy. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is candy Satan shit too? <laughs> is candy Satan shit too? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can try to take that approach and, and just say, hey, Ruby, um, we're fundamentalist Christians now, and so <laughs> Halloween's off the table because that's, I guess the, that's the devil's The day. sugar lobby is a bit evil, so I guess it's like, you know, it's not completely wrong, but not in the sense that they're saying this. If you take all your candy and you melt it down and you you can actually pour it into the, the, the number 666. <laughs> you could theoretically pour it to any number, but the church would tell you you could do it as 666. Pour it into any They'll number. tell you the possibility um, of it being totally evil. The number of the beast. Uh, yeah. I, for, for our second to last score, penultimate question here, I wanted to close the loop on something you had brought up earlier in quarantine, something you've been watching we never talked about the Transformers anime and your your love for it and why oh, you loved yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I did watch uh, that on, on, on good old Netflix. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a new series that I watched all of. I've been watching a lot of anime. Uh, there's Baki on Netflix. That's a good one. Um, I know uh, the Transformers one was um, terrible, actually, but I still watched it all. <laughs> it was really bad. Because you know why it was bad? Optimus Prime is a chump. He's, He's a, a chump. chump. He's a yeah. chump in it, and I'm just like, come on. And and Bumblebee is this, like, maverick rebel. No, 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 none of this is good. And I think, you know, the people that wrote this new Transformers movie, they're like Isaac's age. Okay. And? <laughs> That's what it is, right? They yeah, like, they, they didn't fucking know. They're like, you know. Do you also want me to get off your lawn? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Don't, I'm not a boomer, so you can't call me okay boomer, fucker. <laughs> Stop throwing my newspaper in the fountain. Dave, put your fist down. You, I don't know why you're shaking it at the sky. <laughs> it was bad. I, I just don't understand why they won't call me to write this goddamn script. Next thing you know, they're going to make a goddamn G.I. Joe animated cartoon and fuck that up, too. Uh, for our bad movie club, we got to do Transformers the movie, though, because I... Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just recreating the Cobra... Uh, oh, cobra ululating! Yeah, the yeah. the cobra the cobra ah! call. <laughs> if you watch the if you watch the GI Joe movie, this is what they yell. Correct. This is what they yell. And you know what? You know the last time I watched that movie, Chang, was when we were together in Copenhagen one year. And instead of going out and enjoying the world of Denmark and eating and drinking, we sat in your hotel room and watched the GI Joe movie together because that's the kind of cool guys yeah. uh, we are. We got we got we got we got to find the. The Cobra fucking scream. Well, you just did it twice, and I'm going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to have a lot of fun editing that and, and hearing that in my headphones. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. All right. That's uh, what I for, wanted. To, I, wanted to, I wanted to say, Cobra. La, 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 la. That's what he says. <laughs> I'm going to clip that and then make that my ringtone.
Oh my god. Um by right, the way, one. by the way, just for the older people out there in their late 30s, early 40s, the Sergeant Slaughter Serpentor series where they had to get the DNA and Cobra Commander, they were gonna try to fucking create Serpentor is one of the great story plots in any history. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, then you weren't watching what you should have been watching as a kid. And for the youngsters out there, Ninjago ripped that straight off. So what the hell's Ninjago? That's what the kiddies watch. It's it's Lego ninjas, man. And there's a whole like that's a whole like evil snakes trying to create like a snake monster. Uh, this is how good G.I. Joe's storyline was that they could take fucking a WWF wrestler and seamlessly integrate him into the G.I. Joe comic series is unbelievable. Also, they, this is how talented they were. They took William the Fridge Perry and made him a character in G.I. Joe as well. And I didn't blink. It was, <laughs> it was See, as like, real as anything. I actually think like that's that is a good point. Like crossover back in the day happened way more fluidly and more like you would just you don't see it anymore. I love crossover shit where it's like my WWF wrestler has just showed up in the sitcom. And I'd also argue too, besides Bruce Lee being a great Asian American icon. Snake Eyes, also Asian. <laughs> but also, G.I. Joe had some racist shit. <laughs> Quick Kick. Yeah, pretty bad. Quick pretty Kick bad. with his nunchucks. Was, <laughs> that yeah. was his special power. I don't think we can dig too hard into like G.I. Joe praise. I think we're going to bump into some shit pretty quick here. We just lost a lot of uh, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, you lost me, guys. <laughs> okay, speak- I, again, I think people would be surprised how much I can recall of just total useless information. Whether it's science fiction or cartoons ying knows that i don't forget this shit yeah no it's it's pretty it's pretty intense and uh pretty pretty nerdy um oh wait here doc is telling us that sergeant slaughter was (laughs) (laughs) doc is telling us that sergeant slaughter was a gi joe character before a wrestler that's pretty amazing they translate it into a real life person um okay so speaking of losing listeners here's our last question for this inaugural game Cheng, thoughts on this format and what we should call it if we choose to ever do this again? Excelsior! (laughs) In that tone. Excelsior, the Excelsior Challenge. (laughs) All right, we may call it the Excelsior Challenge. We have some other cute names. I think that my opinion is fact is still on the table. Mm. Um, Rebrand, remix. Remix, but uh, I think that we're giving Cheng too much time. Yeah, two minutes was long. I'm I'm looking at it. I'm staring it go down. I'm like, well, Chang's got to still. This is a dude that gets to the point. This is a man who gets to his point quickly and, and lets it out. And there. still has time to talk about Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the big lesson here is that if we had given him less time on each question, he wouldn't have been able to get to Cobra. La 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 la. Yes, which would have been good. So um... you have to intonate at the end. Cobra. Cobra. La, 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 la. You got to do that. Cobra. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, okay, Isaac, what about you? you have thoughts on this format and, and moving forward? What the name should be for this? Let's just fucking... Let's just have our post-mortem... Yeah, we'll do a debrief right on, the on air. air. Um, yeah, let's the Excelsior do it. Challenge. That's mine. That's, That's mine. his submission for the name of this. Why don't we all come up with a, a name and we'll let the audience... Okay, okay. Yeah. Send in to AskDave at MajorDomeMedia.com mm-hmm. who they think... We can, what the name we can put be. up a poll on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, we we can only make this work if more than four people 
vote. <laughs> <laughs> you have to win by two. Win by two votes. So it can't be two to one to one to one. Uh, Doc made a suggestion. Doc's suggestion he's throwing out there. So, so far on the table, we have the Excelsior Challenge. <laughs> Excelsior! <laughs> Which means you have to have listened to this episode to understand that. Doc's suggestion is Nuggets. Mm. Which I like. I like nuggets. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with some kitchen terminology. I'm gonna go with on the fly. That'll be my my suggestion okay. for this this segment. Boring. Can I can I build on the nuggets <laughs> idea? Call it boneless wings because boneless oh, wings boneless are the same wings. thing. No, by the way, I want to give a shout out to boneless wing uh, galore at the H Mart in Arcadia, oh. which I think is the greatest supermarket I've ever been to. They have left wing run by. A family and it's a restaurant in the supermarket mm. and they serve delicious fried chicken and they have boneless wing or bone-in wing let me ask you guys this this is my question to you guys debate the pros and cons versus bone-in or boneless chicken wings well for bone-in wing i actually only like the middle section of the wing not the little drumette i actually don't like the drumette so that's an anti why 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 uh, I find that I think that the texture of the middle section of the wing is just so much better and retains its juiciness and like explodes at you. You can overcook the drumette to me and it can be you just like gnaw on this thing. It's no better than like a chicken leg. Like the whole thing with a chicken wing is that all that like gelatinous kind of different texture. So I'm all about the middle section if it's going to be a bone in wing. Boneless wings, I don't, I don't actually have that much experience with. They're basically chicken nuggets, is how I feel. I know that's why it's such a hard answer. Yeah, yeah. There's both basically a chicken nugget, but it can be done poorly too, right? Like it can get dried out. Is, is it okay? Let me ask you this: Is a bone boneless wing wing meat, or is it? I don't dark know. Meat? I don't yeah. know. Who well, knows? They can say yeah. that it's wing meat, but, but who it's knows? Not a tender. It's not a tender. It's not chicken tender. No. I mean, th- this isn't semantics. You literally just have to suspend judgment and belief in whatever it is and just know that it's going to be delicious. So all I'm asking is, I'm not asking for right or wrong here, which would you prefer, Isaac Lee? I prefer the bone-in. I prefer the bone-in because of the experience of eating it with the bone, getting it off the bone and the skin, yeah, instead of just popping it, even though like popping it is obviously easier to eat. I actually prefer (laughs) to kind of like to earn it a little bit. I don't know if that makes sense. Often it is easier. I, 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 I hear you. I don't, I don't think either one is so difficult to eat. No, they're not. They're <laughs> not. It's not difficult to eat a bone and wing, but I'd, I'd rather have the experience of like taking it off the bone. All right. You know well, mean? for me, the skin puts it over the top, the existence of skin on the bone end. But Chang, what is your, I feel like you have a definitive answer here. No, again, like every everything in life revolves around Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and I keep on repeating to my head, only the penitent man Penit- <laughs> pass. And I'm wondering right now, did you guys choose the cup of a carpenter? And I don't know if you did. Mm. I don't know. I don't okay. know. You didn't approach this question appropriately. I ch- we chose the, the cup of the carpenter is the, the bone you got to work for a little bit, the one that has the skin of the chicken. The boneless wing is the gilded cup, man. That's the gilded cup. Jewel-encrusted bullshit. I don't know. I, d- I don't have the answer either. Hmm. I don't know. This is, this, is, this is a tough one because the boneless chicken wing is great if you're a fat guy like me because you could just like literally throw them in your mouth. Right. I am also obese. So like I feel like I, I would prefer that as well. But, but they're great because like you can't really talk shit about chicken nuggets or popcorn chicken. Delicious. Oh, popcorn chicken. But the wing… I agree. I agree with Ying. This is where he got past the first challenge at the Last Crusades. Is 
In Hebrew, Yahweh starts with. But in the Latin, Jehovah begins with nine. You remember that part, right? You you pass that in in relation to the drums. Drumet is highly overrated. I I just don't cartilage. Cartilage. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the key, though. Maybe the cup of the carpenter is the wing, because if you do eat it properly and you push all the meat down, you have the lollipop and all the meat sort of like fractured and splintered off the chicken. Yeah, that is the best. If I see that in a restaurant, if if I see some person just like... Like... If you see somebody, yeah, that's how to do it. When you when you can slip the meat off the chicken like a pair of skinny jeans and then just pop them in your mouth, like that's that's the best. Listen, thing. that's 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 mad respect. So <laughs> I I don't I don't know what that answer is, but I do love those boneless wings. I don't even know what they are exactly. Yeah, but they're, they're not good. wings. Ain't nothing flying with those things. No. but uh, <laughs> there's something. Um, okay, well, we're going to put it out to the audience. So we've got we've got four suggestions here. We had the Excelsior Challenge, Nuggets, Boneless Wings, and On the Fly. And audience, uh, uh, Isaac, how are we going to put this poll up there? Uh, we can put it up on our Twitter, which is at Dave Chang Show. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll we don't have many or, listeners on we'll, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. We should retweet. <laughs> or we'll put, yeah. it on, we'll put it on Instagram. We'll put it on Instagram and give us five stars. And, and if you give us five stars, it'll count as a vote. How about that? Give us your suggestion and put your rating up there. On Apple Podcasts, if you give us five stars and you say, I like this name, or you can suggest your own. We're not going to care about it, but you can suggest your own. Uh, What are you guys eating for dinner tonight? (laughs) What are you guys eating for dinner tonight, Isaac? Uh, I haven't decided yet. I'm probably just going to order something from a Thai restaurant around here. I've been craving Thai lately. And what would that order be? What's your Thai order? Let's hear it. I mean, it depends. Um, It depends on where I'm ordering from. It depends on what what I'm in the mood for. This is the worst answer it depends if you're going to lie to sound cool in front yeah, of an yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, what does yeah. it depend on, really? Let's hear Let's hear your actual... Listen, sometimes... Look, I'm not ashamed to admit, like, sometimes I do just get a pad thai because it's like pad thai is familiar and it's easy to eat. And that's, You never just get a pad thai. You got to get pad thai and something else. Though. And something else? I don't know. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to watch my weight here, so I don't... <laughs> I, don't I don't like to do too much. Um, right. Some Hainan chicken on rice is kind of like a go-to... That's not really Thai, but not it's not, not thai. just it's not, not really it's not Thai, 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 thai anyway. food at all. <laughs> but I, it, they sell it at this Thai place that's You're near my about place. Kaumun Guy, Kaumun Guy is Thai. Sure, I mean, uh, all right, all right. Next, next, oh my next. God. Pass, okay. pass. Okay. I take my first pass. Pass. <laughs> You're passing on my dinner choice, <laughs> on what I'm going to choose to eat for dinner. Uh, you caught me on a weird day, Chang. I cooked a beef tongue. We're gonna have tongue tacos tonight. Lengua. Oh, lengua. Love lengua. Lengua. You caught wow. me on a weird one. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're just saying that so you could get street I cred. swear to God, I will text you a picture what later, a, man. What I a swear poser. to God, I made what a, a I made a, I made lengua and, I, and, and Ruby and I peeled it this morning. If you want a definition of a culinary <laughs> foodie poser, look no further than Chris. I knew Yang. this was going to happen. This is why I, you caught me on a horrible day to answer this. I would much rather have been able to say ordering takeout. What do you have in I'll tell you. So I made Budajiga for lunch, and mm. uh, last week we got in and out for the first time since quarantine. Hey, and uh, it was so good. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I hadn't had it in a while, and my god, it was so so good. So uh, we've decided that Sundays, as I'm going, to, we're, this is the irony. We're trying to cut back on the barbecues that I've been making on Sundays, which been heavy. So we switched to fucking in and out or hamburgers. <laughs> Baby for steps. a Sunday night, like Baby blowout. steps, dude. Baby steps. So they wanted out. My father-in-law loves Shake Shack, and I wanted to get it, but 
that's a whole other debate, In-N-Out versus Shake Shack, but I still believe that the In-N-Out burger, while both are delicious, it's so good. Yep. But I Listen, when Shake Shack has a $2.50 double-double burger, then they can be compared, but it's just not a comparison. Let me, let me call you out on something here, though, Chang, because I have been called out on your behalf many times. I think early on in this podcast, years ago at this point, you described your In-N-Out order as oh they can't get the griddle tomato nobody can get this grilled nobody tomato and they complain to me all get, the time i can't even get it either you know what i thought about today i was like man i because like we're trying to eat less meat i was like man i really just want that griddle tomato grilled cheese mm. and i know that if i say it they're gonna be like no yeah i also can't order it anymore now was this a dream or did this happen to you really it's you went a, into it not, not, and a you said, dream, not a fever dream you said no meat griddle tomato grilled cheese and the they one, made it on the one in hollywood next to chick-fil-a that's the one i would be able to get the griddle tomato from Okay. I'm not lying. I, I was able to get this, and I don't want in and out to fucking tell, ever tell me that I was lying. <laughs> you know what? Follow up, follow up. I, I never knew what gaslighting meant, but now I fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, fair, fair enough. I just had to put it out there because people have complained to me on your behalf that they can't get this thing you told them to get. So, anyway. I still maintain that you don't really need the beef patty in the sandwich. You know, Shake Shack has a better beef patty sure but as a whole all the the things that come in and in and out are more delicious mm-hmm. i agree with that and the one thing i've learned is you can't order well done and don't order animal style french fries because it just holds up your order it takes forever and, and the thing is like even well done fries takes forever yeah in and out so you might just have to forego the fries uh oh by the right. way can we can we add one more thing before we go yeah, yeah we're yeah. talking about fast food i will never let the ringer live this down <laughs> <laughs> in the early yeah, yeah, stages yeah. of the ringers okay, in the infancy okay. they did a tournament of the best fast food items and guess what the fuck won the homophobic terrible chick-fil-a waffle fries why even a waffle fry generally let alone I, like the homophobic ones as, like, as the only employee of the ringer on this call first of all this was before my time my my opinions were not reflected in this in this ranking number one they had one shot at making Popeyes red beans and rice the proper glory it deserves and they chose waffle fries the in and out side that you have you should get by the way instead of my, my new side in and out instead of getting fries is uh I get like an, another grilled cheese or a protein burger on the side. Why, why not just eat another burger instead of those fries? Well, That's the side. Because I already, what if I already do that <laughs> with the fries? <laughs> when does you the side, side order? You don't want my side, side order stop being a side. Uh, <laughs> it's a single burger, not a double-double. <laughs> okay? That is the side. That's the side of choice. That's the, That's the number one side. All right. Uh, take us out, Ching. Um, thanks for listening to what will probably be the last, first and last series <laughs> of the Excelsior <laughs> Challenge. <laughs> Heard it here first at the Dave Chang Show. Thank you so much, guys. Give us five stars, however you rate this. Thank you, Isaac, Chris, uh, Doc, Daniel, and the, the growing host of people on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs>